Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for everything you're doing so far today. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, that you are the God of revival. Father, you want to do even so much more than that in this area. Father, you have called us to play a part in that, to reach this county, to reach down Route 79. You've revealed to us a vision for the future. So, Father, we submit that to you. How you want that to work out, how you want that to play out, we submit it to you. And, Father, as we open up your word this morning, that you would just speak to us. Speak to us. Change our lives this morning. May we walk closer with you. May we abide with you. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. Well, I got some things I want to share this morning. Some things I want to share this morning. And I'll tell you what, things happen at this church. Uh, You know, I mean, honestly, like if you like miss a week, I get it, people are busy, but sometimes things happen. Vision is cast, people are healed. God gives words of knowledge of of things that are happening in people's lives and that are, are going on. And last week, You know, for the first time the Lord spoke to me, he gave me these three names. And I'll tell you what, two of the three names, I've had testimonies come back afterwards saying, oh my gosh, this person, you won't believe what happened in their life this past week. They were were walking and acting like this. Where's Gail, right? They were walking and acting like this. And then all of a sudden, God did this miraculous move in their life and they were completely, completely changed. And he gave us three names, and I've got testimonies for two of the three, and I'm still waiting for the third one. It's coming. That's right. I'm still waiting for the third one. And I know God has spoken. I know that when he speaks, he moves, and his word word does not return void. Does not return void. I'll tell you what, a few other testimonies I have. So last week, does anybody remember what we were talking about, what I was preaching on last week? It's taking authority. You know, I'll tell you what, whenever you preach something, or whenever you hear something, God gives us this wonderful opportunity sometimes to execute and to, and to just lean in and to actually play out what you've just been taught. And so as the teacher... I'm just like, all right, man, I taught them all how to take authority over the demons, over sickness. And, you know, there are certain things we pray for. There are certain things we just take a hold of and we command in the name of Jesus that these things must bow down to Jesus' name. These things must be fixed. And then I'm going about my week and then I'm realizing more and more things like, oh, hey, Jason, why don't you take authority over that? Oh, see this happening in your life? How long are you going to let this go on? Before you start taking some authority in Jesus' name, what he has God-given, he has given us this authority to go do. And so all throughout this week, I'm telling you, man, I've been like taking authority, and I hope you have been too. And if you missed last week, go listen to the podcast, because God has given us authority in the name of Jesus 
to take command over situations and change those situations. And so our little Maggie May, this was one of our examples this week, our little Maggie May, our two-year-old, uh, she, uh, what day, I don't know what day it was, she just, it was, she took a nap, it was like a Thursday night or something like that, she took a nap, and she just starts crying and crying and crying, and Liz runs upstairs, and then Liz starts yelling, oh my gosh, somebody get up here, somebody get up here, and so, you know, in our house with a lot of people, sometimes our kids cry wolf a lot, they'll be like, daddy, daddy, I need help, daddy, I need help, and you just kind of do one of those, mm. I wonder how much help they really need. And you walk into the room, and it's just like, you know, I dropped my crayon. You know, and you're just like, are you serious? Like, could you, like, dial up, like, when it's actual an emergency, could you, you, could you cry the dad help thing, like, escalated if it's a true emergency, like Maggie's standing on the kitchen counter. Like, that's a daddy help, not I dropped my crayon. So, but Liz was doing the, somebody help, somebody help. And so everyone goes running up, and Maggie just threw up everywhere. Oh. Yeah, this is, this is one way to open up a message, a sermon. Let's talk about throwing up. <clears throat> so, I mean, and I'm talking not just a little bit, and she's two. She doesn't really understand what happened. It may have been the first time since, a, like, a little baby that she actually threw. I mean, she just threw up, okay? And it was, it's bad. It was bad. So they're all yelling. <clears throat> and we go clean it up, and we're praying for we're praying for her. And I don't remember who said it, if it was you or me. I said, wait a second. I heard a preacher last Sunday say, we need to take authority over this sickness and tell it to go in the name of Jesus. And so we just started speaking that. I, we're taking authority. This body is healed and whole in Jesus' name. And we started speaking to that fever. Don't do what it needs to go do and then be done and get out of her body. And she'll be healthy and whole. And I'll tell you what, I'm, it's probably the fastest recovery that I've seen in a child. I mean, she went to bed that, that night. She was totally fine. She woke up the next day. No fever at all. Just running around like she normally is. And so this stuff works. This is stuff works. And I'll tell you what, the next one is from this morning. And usually on Sunday mornings, I'll wake up early, and I'll just start praying and praying for the service, praying for the AV team, praying for the kids' ministry team, the worship team. I just remember, I'll tell you what, this morning I could barely get out of bed. And I fell back asleep, and the Lord, the Lord is just was like, you are in a battle. You are in a battle. And there was, the enemy was trying to attack me, I'm telling you. He was trying to keep me in bed. He was trying to keep me from praying. And I, I fell asleep, and I, had, I just had this dream, and it was like everything in the enemy was trying to get me to quit. To quit. Just quit. Just quit. It's not working. Just quit. Your family's too big. Church, it's just too much for you. You can't handle it. You just need to quit. You need to quit. You need to quit. You need to quit. I'm telling you, it was like somebody had placed like a 100-pound weight on my back. And I'm laying in bed going, oh, my goodness. I don't even know if I can get out of bed. And I just started praying. And I said, oh, my gosh, that's right. I heard a message last week about taking authority over demonic forces that are even trying to come on. I say, I say no in Jesus' name. And I just started saying, well, I'm getting out of bed. And I got up out of bed, and I went downstairs. And it was, honestly, it was like a 100-pound weight was still there. But the more I prayed, the weight got less. The more I prayed and took authority, the weight got less. Did it go away immediately? No. Can I tell you, it felt like 40 pounds an hour later? Yes, but it wasn't 100 pounds anymore. And I continued to take authority and say, in the name of Jesus, you need to go. I will not quit. You will not have any power over me. And the enemy needs to flee in Jesus' name. The Bible says, resist him, and he will flee. 
resist him. And I was actively resisting him using the authority that I have been given with the name of Jesus. And I'll tell you what, I don't feel any weight anymore. I don't feel any weight anymore. This stuff works. Do not listen to messages and then go home and don't apply it. Don't listen to today's message and walk home and not apply what God has been teaching us and what he is doing. This is real stuff. This is, we're in a real battle, guys. We're in a real battle. We don't come to church just to play games. We come to church to be in his presence, to have our lives transformed, to hear the word of God, and then to go apply it the rest of the week. And to say, this is what I need to go do. This is what God, God gives us messages at this church on Sundays and on Wednesdays for you. It is for this church. It's for me. It's for you. It's for this church for right now. We're in the middle of this series called Revival. We're probably going to have maybe another week or two. And we're moving to the end. Oh, one other thing happened this morning. Church, I'm telling you, there's a real battle that we need to be very much aware of that we're fighting. And I'm not going to go into details and give names or anything, but uh, our girls, one of our girls participated uh, in a dance last night. And, and I went and, I, and I, I went to it on Friday night, but she did Friday and Saturday night. And when I woke up this morning, I just had this sense that there was something in the house that needed to go. Guys, I'm, I'm not messing around here. This is serious stuff. Something in the house needed to go. And part of it may have been what the weight was or why it was, why it was in my house. And I started just sitting there and I'm praying and I'm praying. I'm like, what is going on? And I looked as at where I sit in the, in the living room, I saw in the dining room on the table, there was a t-shirt from that dance from last night. And I don't know what it was about the t-shirt. I don't know what if it was a company or who made it or whatever. I don't know what it is, but that t-shirt needed to get out of this house. And I took that t-shirt and I threw it in the garbage. So I put it out in the garage. I said, this, this thing has no place in this house. And I knew it as much as I was standing there. And I don't know why, I'm not judging anybody that was on who made the t-shirt, I don't even care, but I knew that it had to go. And too often, church, we have to realize you cannot let things into your house that are not allowed to be there. And if you have brought something into your house and you have opened the door, you need to shut that door today. You need to go home, drive in your car, skip lunch, and go get that thing that you know needs to not be in your house anymore and get it out. And I don't know what, who I'm talking to or who that's for, but that ought to be your mission, leaving this church. God protects you from speeding tickets as you race home. Amen. I'm serious. This is serious stuff. You need to take this stuff seriously. If something is demonic or from an occult and is in your house, it has to go. You, cannot just, you can't just leave it there. It has to go. Okay, that's it for, on that. Second Chronicles in the middle of this revival series, 2 Chronicles 7, 14 through 16. And we're going to focus on the end of verse 16 here uh, as we've been walking through this scripture week after week. I'll read the whole thing just to refresh you. If my people, that's us, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will hear, heal their land. There are things he's commanding the church to do that opens up the floodgates of heaven for healing. And when that healing begins to come, here's what begins to happen. Now my eyes will be open 
and my ears attentive to prayer made in this place. These Wednesday nights, your prayers, when you're praying to him, he is attentive to those prayers. It says, then last week we said, for now I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever. And we talked about his name and what his name means and the name of Jesus and the authority that we have in the name of Jesus. Again, that was what we talked about last week. And then the next part of this verse, and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. My eyes and my heart, his presence, who he is, God will be there with us perpetually. And I looked up, what does that actually mean? In a way that never ends or changes. Oh. So God is speaking to us saying, I am with you. I love like you guys did my message this morning. Worship team, thank you for hearing from the Holy Spirit. The worst, oh, never once will I ever walk alone. Like where did that come from? It's my message. He is with us perpetually. He is always with us. He is with us. Deuteronomy 31, if you want to turn there. I'm going to read out of Deuteronomy 31 and then John 16. Deuteronomy 31, starting in verse 6. It says, this says, Be strong and of good courage, and do not fear, nor be afraid of them. Be strong and of good courage, And do not fear nor be afraid of them. Who's them? The world. If God is for us, and he is, because the Bible says God is for us, then who can be against us? This is telling us here then we don't have to walk in fear. We don't have to worry about the things of this world. We have to recognize the things of this world, like that t-shirt that was sitting in my dining room, and say, this world cannot be in here. It has to go in Jesus' name. And we have to get rid of it. Why can we be strong and of good courage? Why do we not have to fear before For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. He will not leave us nor forsake us. And I begin to ask myself, what if we acted as if God was with us all the time? You say, well, Pastor Jason, you just told me it's not what if. Hmm. No, he actually is with us all the time. He does see what we're doing all the time. So to try to hide what's going on in our lives is almost ridiculous, especially trying to hide it from him. He knows exactly what's happening in your life. This is why he wants a relationship with you. He wants to commune with you. He wants to talk with you. He wants you to pray to him, to worship him. Because he already knows what's going on in your life. Then Moses called Joshua, verse 7, Then Moses called Joshua and said to him, In the sight of all Israel, be strong and of good courage. For you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. Oh my gosh, look at this. So not only do we not have to fear, but we can stand firm and be strong and courageous as we walk because God has an inheritance for us. He has a plan in place. He has a purpose in place. Maybe you, maybe you steered off that course. He is calling you back this morning. He is calling you back to get back on the course in which he has called you to. There's an inheritance waiting for us. Strength and courage. Verse 8. And the Lord said, he is the one 
who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. I want you to look at this. He is the one who goes before you. Not only, church, is he with you, but he's actually going before you. When we say God is working, God is working, but we're looking around and we don't see it, it's because he is going before us. He is already making a way. He is already paving the path. In Psalm 119, uh, 105 says, The word is your lamp to my feet and a light to my path. He, some, he will illuminate what is right in front of us because sometimes we're not ready to see what he's already working on and already doing down there. So can we be strong and courageous because knowing God is with us, but not only is he with me and surrounding me and with me and protecting me, he's actually making a way ahead of me. On this path. He already knows where this path is going. He's already making this way. He's with us. And so I begin to say, okay, in the New Testament, so this is an Old Testament verse, so in the New Testament, what does it mean that God is with us? Who is with us? How is God with us in the New Testament? And we actually, we were praying, we were talking about the triune God as we were praying, and we've got God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Well, I'm telling you that now we're living in the New Testament, we're going to look in John 16. Jesus went to heaven, and what came down was the Holy Spirit to truly, honestly be with us. And there's a lot of theology here, and I may actually do a series on the Holy Spirit because I want to make sure everybody understands what it means that he's in us, but he's working through us, and all the gifts of the Spirit, which are absolutely amazing, revelation gifts, inspiration gifts, uh, all these different things that I want us to understand what we can grab a hold of because the Holy Spirit is here. But I just want to touch base to let everybody understand this morning that he is with us. The Holy Spirit, a person, is with us. He is with us. He is around us. He is there. We call him he. He is a person in the Bible. He is with us. And he lives on the inside of us. And I want to look at John 16 here this morning. And if you want to know what a spirit-filled life looks like, I encourage you, your homework this week is to read Romans 8. Just read Romans 8 as your homework this, homework this week. Because it goes on and on and on about what happens when we're walking by the Spirit. This is for, for I'm just going to read a couple of these. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. The Spirit has made us able to have been free from the law of sin and death. But the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. This Holy Spirit dwells in you. He, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. And you read on and on. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. A spirit life. Read Romans 8. You'll see the fruit of the Spirit all throughout it. But I'm going to look at John 16. And I believe I'm starting in verse 5. I'll tell you what, man. Is that 5? Yeah. I wrote it so small I can't even see it. I do, I, I do wear contacts. But I'm thinking maybe reading glass. You know what? I need to take authority in the name of Jesus. Come on. Shoot. This is happening. Yes, come on. Take authority in my eyes in the name of Jesus. Command 2020 vision. I can see in Jesus' name. Okay. John 16, 5. I can see. Thank you, Lord. But now I go away to him who sent me. This is Jesus talking. 
He's saying, I, I'm leaving you. He's talking to the disciples. say, I, I need to go. I need to head out of here. I'm going to the Father. I'm going to sit at the right hand. I'm going to be your intercessor. I'm going to hear your prayers. I'm going to be uh, uh, on your behalf, taking your requests to the Father. Then it says, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Absolutely. I mean, think about this. You're walking with Jesus, like in person. Jesus is with you, and he's like, I got to go. You're like, no. Come on. Imagine the disciples. Like, you know, I mean, like we get upset when I leave town for a couple days to go. You know, I love you, baby. I'm going to miss you, you know. Like, I'm crying, you know, my, my, our daughter, she's home from Pittsburgh. When she went down to Pittsburgh, like, for the first time, we knew she was going to be gone for a while. Oh, my gosh, the tears. Like, we were crying. Oh, I love you, Anna. Hey, I'm going to miss you. So she's in Pittsburgh. She's two hours away, and I'm bawling. So think about the disciples who are just like, Jesus, I know I'm not going to see you again until I get to heaven. Oh, my gosh. Like, they begin, they're upset. Of course they're upset. Like, I get it. It's fun. Nevertheless, verse 7, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Ooh. You're just like, I know. Like, what? Who's talking about this here? The disciples, Jesus is telling them, no, it's good that I go. You actually want me to go. And they're like, how is this possible? How is this possible? I want you to be here with me. It's good that you go. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. Jesus was a man on this earth. And he went to heaven. And he sent the helper. Church, the helper. The helper. I mean, we go through this life saying, man, do I need some help. We have the helper. We actually have the helper with us all the time. We should be rejoicing that Jesus is in heaven. And thanking God that he took his son up to heaven so that we can have the Holy Spirit here with us. Because it says right here, he's our helper. And so if that's the case, I'm like, yes, please. (laughs) Jesus, go because he can't be with I mean, how is he going to be with all of us all the time? Ah, but he can because of the Holy Spirit. So each and every one of you here has the opportunity to walk with the helper. Every single day, in every single situation, in every single circumstance, you have someone that is a guide and a helper available to you. And I think too often in this life, we've got too much Google, we've got too much information, we've got too many pros and cons lists, we've got too many ways to make our own decisions up here. And we do not truly rely on the helper to help us make decisions that we have to make in our life. And too often, Liz had a great analogy. She said, I think too often, and we're guilty of this too, you make the pro and con list, you gather all the information, you gather all the sources, and then you say, okay, Lord. And you begin to pray then. And what the Lord is, what he's trying to tell us is, no, 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 you have to pray Whoa, 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 all the way over here before you start the process of the pro and con list, before you start trying to figure out all the different ways or things that you could do, or this is an option, or that's an option, well, this is not. Now it's all up in your head. 
With the, whole, the helper will help guide you to the information that you need. He'll put people in your path. You'll get words of confirmation. He'll be able to speak to you through somebody else. You'll read the scriptures and he'll be like, here, here's some confirmation for you. We need to do that first. Because the Bible says he's our helper. Why, why would you not use a helper? Like, if you had a helper available, 24, let me just ask, show of hands. A show of hands. If you had a helper available to you 24 hours a day to help you in every decision, doing everything you need to go do, would you want it? Yes or no? Raise your hand if it's a yes. Oh my gosh, there's a couple no's. I Seriously, come on. You, of course you would. You'd be crazy not to. And we're not crazy. Well, crazy for Jesus. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Verse 8. And when he has come, when he has come, what's going to happen? What does the Holy Spirit do? We talked, he's already talked about he's a guide. What's he going to do? He will convict the world of sin. Oh, that means we're not supposed to. Oops. Yeah, okay, spouses. It is not your job to show and convict your spouse that they're sinning. The Holy Spirit's job is to convict. Hey, I'm getting a hey. <laughs> yeah, okay, she's my helpmate. Okay, no, 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 no. That's a different message. That's helpmate, not helper. It's like the word's different at the end. But it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict. It's our job to love. God judges. Jesus loved. God judges and the Holy Spirit convicts. It's our job to be like Jesus and to love. Not to be like the Holy Spirit. There's a big difference there. We're to be like Jesus in loving others, and loving our spouses and our kids. He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, verse 10, because I go to my Father and, I, and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of the world is judged. The Holy Spirit does the convicting. Verse 12. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Okay, the disciples couldn't bear all the things that Jesus needed to say to them. However, when he, talking of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth... So not only is he our guide, not only is he our helper, he's actually truth in our life. He is truth in our life. And sometimes we're like, well, I don't, I don't know what to do. Stop saying that. If you had a helper here who was truth and you ask the helper for the truth that they have, you should not have to say, I don't know what to do. You may not have the answer just yet, but stop confessing with your mouth that you don't know. Because you, you will know through the Holy Spirit if you're seeking Him, if you're looking for Him and the answers that are coming from Him. He's the helper. He's right here with you and He's truth. So you're like, oh, thank you. And you ask Him what you need to go do. Ask Him the direction you need to take. Ask Him which knowledge. You know, ask Him what Google search to make if that's where your faith is at. That's okay. Come on. We need to be asking him first because he's truth. It says the spirit of truth has come and he will guide you into all truth. So he is our helper and he's our guide guiding us to what? Truth. 
Hallelujah. What's truth? The word of God. So the Holy Spirit is actually guiding us in truth. He's pointing us to the word of God. And when we're in a situation, why do you think God reminds you of things that you've read in the scriptures, like out of nowhere? Because the Holy Spirit's with you. He's guiding you in truth. And if this is truth, then he's going to guide you to this, the word of God. This is where he's leading you to. This is where the truth is. He's guiding you in this truth. For he, he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. So I find this interesting. Sounds like what Jesus said, too. I only say what my Father says. I only do what my Father does. Holy Spirit, same thing. Same thing. Only speaks what he hears the Father speak. And he is guiding us in truth. And he will tell you things to come. Church, he will tell you things to come. This helper, this guide, this truth that you walk around with can help you in your day-to-day life. He will show you things to come. He will tell you things to come. An example, this morning, I'm walking out the door, ready to go. I got everything wrapped up, and I took a little pause, and I said, Holy Spirit, am I forgetting anything? Like the last thing a preacher wants to forget sometimes is his message notes, right? <laughs> am I forgetting anything? And he said to me, there's three manila folders you're supposed to give out to three different people. You don't, you don't have them. Simple as that. Would it have been the end of the world? No. Could I have put him in the mail? Yes. But he reminded me to bring those three envelopes to church because I was walking out the door without him. And this is how we need to live our lives. We need to check in with the Holy Spirit. If he's with us, he's our helper, he's truth, can we not check in with him? We absolutely should be. We use this analogy all the time. Like if I'm running to Wegmans, which I do often, If I'm running to Wegmans, I check in with my helpmate. (laughs) Notice how I did that? Mm, Pulled that all the way around. I check in with my helpmate. Hey, babe, I'm going to Wegmans. Is there anything else that you need? So why, when we go somewhere, we do something, we don't check in with our helper? Why don't we check in with the helper and just say, hey, God, what do we... I'm I'm, I'm going to Wegmans. I'm going to work. Is there anything I'm forgetting? Is there anything I need to do? Is there any action item that I have that you have put on my list now? And I'm guilty of this, man. I come up with action items all the time, and I'm driven by my action item list. And it's like I give no room for the Holy Spirit to do any kind of work because my mind is so focused on checkmark, adrenaline, checkmark, dopamine, checkmark, right? All those physical things that happen for those accomplishment type people when you check something off. How many of you ever wrote something down after you did it and then crossed it off? Yeah, okay, I'm talking to you guys because that's me. It's just like everything I did today, I'm going to write it all down and I'm going to cross it off. Ooh, Mm, I feel so good when you cross that stuff off, doesn't it? But are we inviting the Holy Spirit into our action item list? Are we inviting him into our our Google, what is the thing, the Google actions, what's the thing called? Google list. You know, are we inviting him into these tools that the world has created to make our lives more productive? Church, it's not about being more productive. It's about being more effective. It is not about being more productive. It's about being more effective. 
And you cannot truly be affected, effective unless you are checking in with the Holy Spirit. Who is your helper? Who is your guide? Who is with you? He will tell you things to come. I mean, all kinds of things. Shoot, I got story after story. And I hope you do too. If you don't, you can. So, oh, God doesn't talk to me. Yes, he does. We need to learn how to listen. We'll talk about that in just a minute here. Verse 14, and he, the Holy Spirit, will glorify me. He glorifies Jesus. And he will take care, he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Again, he's declaring what is of Jesus, what Jesus paid for, what is actually on the cross, the atonement, the things that we talked about, the way we come and take communion. He will lead us and guide us in those things. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Again, declare, 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 declare. Then if you, if you go down to the end of John chapter 16, you say, well, well, what is the, you know, why do I need to do this? I mean, if you haven't figured it out by now, life can be difficult. And many times we make our lives more difficult by not checking in with the helper, by not checking in with the guide, not checking in with truth in our situations and in our lives. John 16, I'm going to go down to John 6. These things I have spoken to you. So this is the end of the chapter. So he, you know, Jesus is talking to the disciples. It's good that I go. They're crying. He says, it's going to be okay. I'm bringing the Holy Spirit. It's going to be coming down to be your helper, to be your guide, to be your truth, so that you can run around and live a perfect life of no challenges and no troubles and, and everything is going to be just great. Mountaintop victories every... Wait, no. John 16, These things I have spoken to you, that in, in me you may have peace. He's saying, no, peace is available to you. Peace is available to you. If you want to walk with the Holy Spirit, no matter what's going on in your life, it can give you peace, even in the midst of the most crazy situation and circumstances. Peace. For in this world you will have tribulation. Oh, Jesus. Thanks for letting me know. But I already knew it. Come on, right? I already knew it. In this world, you will have tribulation. So why is the Holy Spirit here to help us and to guide us and to take us to all truth? Because Jesus knows I have to leave because you're all going to have problems. You're all going to have difficulty. And I need to send a helper here to you to help you. Because we need help. Come on, church. We need help. Jeez. Stop doing it on your own. Talking to myself. Yeah. This is a little bit reflective here, so it's kind of like, if you ever notice if I lean over, then it's like I'm doing the reflection, talking to myself. Yeah, okay. Okay. You will have tribulation. You will have it, but be of good cheer. Oh my gosh, so we can have peace, and we can, we can have joy, and we can have cheer, even in the midst of the tribulation. Why? Because I have overcome the world. Because Jesus overcame the world and he sent his Holy Spirit so that we can live in victory even when we're in tribulation and challenges. Come on. Sydney, why don't you come back up here? Or whoever's coming up. Who's coming up? Jake. Give me some mood music here as we close. 
I want to encourage you this morning to navigate this life with the helper. Begin to check in with the Holy Spirit. Begin to check in for every decision that you make. And I can tell you sometimes, you know, sometimes we can take this to a bit of an extreme if we're extreme type people. Don't let this paralyze you. Don't let this paralyze you. There are some things you can check in, but if it's in the word of God and you're feeling led, just go do it. There are many times that we sit there and we just get paralyzed. I'm not sure what to do. I haven't heard from God yet. And we stand stuck in the mud. And sometimes he's already saying, I've already told you what to go do. Look at my word. I've already given you the direction. Remember the word I've already given to you. So we need to check in with the Holy Spirit. Each and every day. Each and every situation. But don't be paralyzed by it. And how do we do that? How do we do that? We have to spend time with him. We have to spend time in the word. To spend time in worship. To spend time in prayer. Church, you have to invite him in. You have to invite the helper to, to help you. This is like, you know, it's like one of those things. It's like if you're at your house and the helper is outside and the person wants to come in and clean your house and they want to do all your dishes and they want to do all your laundry and they want to take care of your kids and I just want you to go over here and rest and have peace and joy. And they're standing outside and they're knocking at the door and you're just like, eh, I don't need any help today. You'd be like, what are you doing? The helper is available. The Holy Spirit is available as our guide, as our truth, as our helper. We need to hear his voice clearly by spending time in the word. Because I tell you, the Holy Spirit will never speak anything that goes against the word of God. So if you've heard something it says, and you can't find confirmation in the word, then you've heard wrong. You've heard wrong. It's okay, we make mistakes, but keep seeking. If you've heard something, and there are zero people in your life that have any type of confirmation of that, especially people who are spirit-led, you've probably heard wrong. I'm not saying for sure, because sometimes God speaks to us that goes against all kinds of stuff from a worldly perspective, but surround yourself with people, spiritual counselors, in your life to get confirmation as we walk on this journey. That's why it's so good to not be completely alone. Let's just take a moment this morning. Just want to close your eyes and bow your heads for a minute. I just want each of us to invite the Holy Spirit into our situation. I don't know what your situation is, I know what mine is. 
that situation where you have been just debating it in your head and thinking about it, pro-con list, action item list, all this stuff in your head. I just want you to lay that aside this morning for a few minutes. And let's just invite the Holy Spirit to invade this situation and to bring to your mind the truth of the matter. To bring to your mind the wisdom that can only come from Him. To help you, to guide you through this situation. So I just want each of you to just, whatever situation is, just bring that to your mind right now and I want to pray for you. Holy Spirit, we invite you in. We invite you into our situation. We are listening for your guidance, for your truth, for your wisdom. We've opened the door this morning to hear from you. Speak to us now. Impart wisdom from God the Father to us now. For you will not speak anything that you've not heard your Father speak. And those prayers that have been set forth, Jesus interceding has taken them to the Father. And the answers now, through your Holy Spirit, coming to us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says to be still and know that I am God. The Bible says that the sheep will hear his voice. So just take a minute and hear his voice. Hear that direction. Thank you, Lord. Lord would also say to us this morning that it's never too late. It's never too late to invite him into the situation. You may be way down the path on something, but it's never too late. For he redeems, he restores, he turns all things around for good because he is good for those who love him, those who are called according to his purpose. So Father, I pray for those who have felt like they've gone too far, they're not sure what to do, that you would just impart wisdom to them through the Holy Spirit now. Help them to be strong and courageous, to stand firm, knowing that you will never leave them and never forsake them. 
And we thank you for these things. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. I have some prayer uh, leaders coming up front. Uh, They're going to be up here to pray with you. If you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, they can pray with you up here. If you need prayer for healing, if you need prayer for relationship, whatever it is, these prayer leaders will be up here. They know how to pray. They're prayer warriors. They will do their thing. So I just encourage you to come up here and uh, and get prayer afterwards. I know the time is a little bit late. And I just want to have this uh, benediction out of Revelation 7.12. It says, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom. I'm speaking this over each and every one of you. Blessing, glory, and wisdom. Thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to whom? Be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. You are dismissed. Have a beautiful week. Invite the helper into every situation that you have. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org, where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.